You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. Wow. Faces, uh, a lot of faces I haven't seen before. <laughs> it's great to have you with us on Easter. Uh, I, we know there are so many different things that people have going on on Easter weekend, different traditions, right? Maybe it's people that you see on Easter, people that you hang out with, food that you eat, right? The most, the most popular Easter tradition, though, forcing someone to go to church with you that doesn't normally go. <laughs> we are so thankful that you forced them to come here this Sunday. Thank you. We appreciate that. In, in my family, we have a tradition. We have a tradition um, from my grandmother's side of the family. They're Greek. And what we do is we, we boil eggs, right? And color them. And then you smack them together. And you take the fat end of the fat end and you smack them. And you see who's breaks. And then you flip it around and you take the pointy end of the pointy end. Does anybody else play this game? <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay. Well, it's a real thing. Okay. I Googled it. It's for sure. It's actually called sugrisma. All right. It's a Greek thing, but other cultures do it too. They do it in the UK, even though David Gate laughed at me when I asked if they do. But what happens is you, you, you play this game with these eggs. And when you do it, you say, you say, uh, Christos Anesti. Christ is risen. And then you smack. What? Yes. And that's the response. So the person says, Christos Anesti. And then the other person says, Alitos Anesti. And then you smack the eggs. I don't know why you're smacking eggs. But the Christos and Esti is awesome. It's Christ is risen. And then truly he is risen is the response. Just like we did together as a church. And churches all, oh, did you play the, the egg game? You did, all right, good. There's at least one other person that can verify this is a real thing. Churches all over the world, all over the world on Easter they, they say exactly that. They say Christ is risen. And then there is a response. There's a response that says truly he is risen. Why? Why do we say it? Why is this part of our, our church culture? Why is it that we, that we have this as part of what we say? That's what I want to look at this morning. Why is this the rallying cry of the church that we would say he is risen? And the response, he is risen indeed. So let me pray. God, we thank you for Easter. We thank you for this Sunday. We pray that you would uh, come and speak to us, that your spirit would speak to us this morning and that we would know the work that you've accomplished for us in Christ. Amen. So why do we say it? Why do we say Christ is risen? Well, for one, it reminds us. It reminds us that it's true. It reminds us that it's true when we say Christ is risen. It reminds us what we're saying is true. Jesus rose from the dead. That's kind of a big deal, right? person rises from the dead, kind of a big deal. We believe it. You need to know that. We, as Christians, we believe that Jesus physically rose from the dead, not in a, a spiritual sense, not in a walking dead zombie sense, but in a real, real way, Jesus rose from the dead. We're going to take a look at a scripture this morning that Luke records Luke who's a physician and he tells us at the beginning he says look I have carefully investigated the accounts of the first eyewitnesses I've carefully looked at these events and now I'm going to write them down in a way that you can be sure that you can know that there can be a certainty to the truth 
that Christ is risen. And so we're going to pick up where the disciples have been holed up in Jerusalem. So Jesus has been crucified and they're freaking out, rightly so. They're wondering, are are they going to come and get them next? The followers of Jesus are wondering, are they going to come and get us next? Are we in trouble for being associated with him? And Jesus has appeared to several disciples already. He's appeared to a couple on the road to Emmaus and he appeared to some at the tomb. And so they're holed up in Jerusalem and the disciples that have just met Jesus come and they start telling the other disciples, you're never going to believe it, but I saw Jesus. He's back. He's alive. And this is where we pick up in Luke chapter 24, verse 36. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. They were startled and frightened. They're holed up. They're worried that somebody's going to get in and arrest them. And they turn around, and who's there? Jesus. He appears to them. And he said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your mind? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I, myself. Touch me and see A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. Touch me and see your troubles, your doubts, the things that you're worried about. Touch me and see I am really here. Christ is risen. I am physically in front of you. I am here to show you everything I said is true. Touch me and see. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, He asked them, do you have anything to eat? (laughs) And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, not any fish, broiled fish. And he took it and ate it in their presence. Jesus, alive, a real person, a real body, a hungry body. (laughs) He had a hankering for some fish. Why do we say Christ is risen? It reminds us it's true. It's true, Christians believe that he rose from the dead. Jesus himself would say, I am going to leave you. I am going to leave you with a sign that will be for all generations. And he called it the sign of Jonah. Just as Jonah was in the belly of a whale for three days, Jesus is going to be in the belly of the earth for three days and then come back, right? Man living inside of a whale, hard to believe. Man rising from the dead, a little harder to believe. That's what he says. I will leave this sign and it will change the world. It will start in Jerusalem, the very place where they killed him, and it will change the world. Why? Because a man rose from the dead. They saw that and it changed them. Look at the responses. Confronted with Christ is risen. Look at the emotions that, that, that go through these the disciples. They're not bored. They're not like, oh, there's Jesus. Thanks, Rabbi, Jesus, teach us something. They're not bored, right? They're frightened. There's, there's terror. There's joy. But there's no mention of, of being comfortable. Oh, Jesus is here. Yeah, I'm totally comfortable with that fact. Man raised from the dead, I'm totally comfortable with that. They react emotionally. How do we react? Startling, frightening, amazing, joyful, but not matter of fact when confronted with the statement of Christ is risen. A real physical resurrection. I saw this, uh, you know, made-for-TV Jesus movie, right? I always watch all the made-for-TV Jesus movies, right? And one of them was especially horrible. It was really bad. And, And 
they took the words of Jesus and they gave them to Mary. And so Mary has got all the disciples and she's like trying to encourage them. And she says something along the lines of, as long as we have his words, he will always be alive. That is so much easier to believe. But that's not what Christians believe. You can't spiritualize and say, oh, well, you know, as long as we have his words, that's the resurrection, not in a physical sense. Well, that's fine. You can say that, but that's not what they believed. That's not what Luke was trying to record. That's not what the disciples believed. That's not why people were killed for their beliefs. It was because they believed in a real resurrection. They saw Jesus. You can do what you want me to me, but I saw him. I don't know what else I can say. The story of Jesus without the resurrection it's not just a story without a, a final chapter. It's a, it's a lie. He's just another loon who said a lot of things and acted like he was God. The resurrection. Why do we say Christ is risen? Because it reminds us it's true. Why else? It reminds us that there's always hope. It reminds us there is always hope. Did you see in the scriptures there how they hesitated to believe Did you see in verse 41? Can we put that back up? And while they still did not believe it, why? Because of joy and amazement. In other words, they said, man, if if you're real, this is going to be too much joy than I can imagine, right? If this is for real, I, I don't know if I can dare to hope that you are in standing in front of me, that you are Jesus back from the dead. They can't even dare to hope. And some of us this morning, that's where we are. Can I even dare to hope? When we say the statement, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, it reminds us there is always hope. We can dare to hope. It's true. Everything he said is true. When Jesus says things like the kingdom of God is near, when Jesus comes and he says the kingdom of God is near, the rulership, the reign of, of God is coming closer than it's ever been before. You will be able to experience things that for all eternity past day have not been able to experience. Why? Because the kingdom of God has drawn near. And he said things like, blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are you. To all the people that were there, blessed are you who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Blessed are you. Why? Because Christ is risen. Because the words of Jesus are true. The things that he set out to accomplish, he accomplished. When he said things like, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and the truth will set you free. We are free. Christ is risen, is a reminder that there is always hope. God demonstrates his love for us, that while we were still far off, while we were still sinners, he died for us, that he would die for the things that we have done. Jesus, who handled death, can handle our junk right? There is always hope. Jesus can handle your junk. Jesus can handle our sin. Jesus can handle the things that we face. And we think, oh, sweet, sweet Jesus, sweet blonde-haired, blue-eyed, Aryan Jesus. We, we don't want to burden you with our addictions and our problems and our things because, oh, poor sweet Jesus, you could never understand. You could never deal with it. You could never handle it. And Jesus is like, oh yeah, handled death. Remember that? Jesus can handle our junk. There is a hope that we can do that. We can't imagine that. But he descends. He descends into the deepest crevices of creation. And he shines the light of the kingdom of God. He says, the kingdom of God has drawn near. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what's been done to you. 
Jesus says, the kingdom of God has drawn near and blessed are you. He handled death. On the cross, he became sin and he died to save us. Not of our own doing, but his own. While we were still sinners, before we even got cleaned up to go to Jesus, he died for us. It's a reminder of these facts. But it doesn't stop with the death on the cross. It doesn't stop with the fact that he died for our sins, right? Because we don't say, Jesus died. He's died indeed. Right? Church would not be, <laughs> the worship would not be the same if that was a Jesus died. He died indeed. Right? That's not the call of the church. What is it? It's Christ is risen. Not only did he die for our sins, but that he came back to show us he's beaten death. Death has been swallowed up in victory. If he can overcome death, he can overcome anything. Peter says that through the resurrection, we have been born into a living hope. We've been born into a living hope, not a dead hope, not a weekend at Bernie's zombie walking dead hope, but a living hope. That's what we've been born into. Christ is risen reminds us there is always, always hope. The cross signals the end of worst case scenarios, of no-win situations. It means that despair and hopelessness are a lie. That's Deputy Sheriff Todd Chupp's quote. Despair and hopelessness are a lie. When you hear that it will never change, it's always going to be that way. That's a lie. Christ is risen reminds us, no, there is always hope. Things can always change. The gospel is that things can be made new, that we can be made new, that we are a new creation through the work of Christ. That's, that's amazing. That always brings hope. It's a lie to think despair and hopelessness are true. In spite of circumstances, even facing death, there's always hope. And because of this truth that we say Christ is risen, this statement provides substance. Our faith in the resurrection gives substance to the hope, the Christian hope. Hope, hope that we can be made new. Hope that God loves us in spite of ourselves. Hope that there is more to this life. Hope that this world is not the end. Hope that one day we will be like him. That our prayers are heard, that our prayers are answered. Hope, there is a substance to that hope. And it is the statement, Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Why do we say it? It reminds us there's always hope. It also reminds us of our mission. That we are on mission when we say that. Jesus would say it like this. He says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. Why? Because I am going to the Father. He says, it's better for me to go because when I go, I'm going to send his Holy Spirit and he will live inside of you and he will empower you to do the things that I've been doing. And you know what? You're going to do even greater things. Jesus rose from the dead. I don't know what's greater than that. But he said it, not me. Jesus said, you will do even greater things. Why? Because I'm going to go to the Father. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. We're on mission. When we say Christ is risen, it's a reminder. He's accomplished what he said he was going to do. That we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to continue the ministry of Jesus. He says, we'll continue to do the things that he was doing. That we'll continue to preach the message of Jesus that says, blessed are you who are seeking him. Blessed are you who think you are far off. Blessed are you who think that God doesn't care about you. Blessed are you that think that God could never handle your garbage. Blessed are you because the kingdom of God has drawn close in a way that it's never happened before. 
We preach that message. Come, all of you who are weary, and I will give you rest. The message of Jesus. We attack the lies of the enemy, just like Jesus did. We attack the lies, and we also attack the work of the enemy. That is, Christ is risen is a rallying cry as we advance, as we share the love of Jesus, and we share the message that, that come to him all that are weary. Those that want to be empowered, those that are seeking to be changed, those who are done living life the way they've lived it in the past. That's the rallying cry of the church as we storm the gates of hell. That's what Jesus says. And the gates will not prevail. Abandon hope, all ye who enter. That's Dante. And he was wrong because Jesus says the gates of hell won't prevail. Don't abandon all hope. Jesus says they're not going to be able to keep us out because we are on mission. Christ is risen. And now we are on his same mission, advancing the rulership and the reign of God, letting people know about the presence of their creator, the love that he has for them the change that he brings. It's the rallying cry of the church. Paul says the very same spirit, the very same spirit who rose Jesus from the dead lives in us. All of us, all of us who put our faith in him, all of us who would say, I can't do it on my own. When we put our faith in him, we receive his spirit. And that's the same spirit who rose him from the dead. That's incredible. We don't have to settle for the way things are. Why do we say Christ is risen? It reminds us we're on mission. We do not have to settle for the way things are. We can affect things. We can change things. Things can change. Many of us have resigned ourselves. Many of us have resigned ourselves, even in our faith. Christ is risen should challenge that. It should remind us that we should not resign ourselves. We shouldn't say things like, well, things things are never going to be different. Oh, I'll I'll just ask God to help me deal with it. Or the most spiritual, oh, this is my thorn. This is the thing that God wants me to live my life and just hunker down with. This is my lot in life. That was C-3PO. That's not in the Bible. (laughs) Or better yet, the worst is I'm good. And just pretend like it's not there. And just pretend like I'm not limping. And just pretend like there's not problems. Christ is risen, reminds us that we're on mission. And all of those things can be different. All of those things can change. God doesn't want us to limp. We're absolutely empowered to do the things that Jesus did. And Christ is risen should be our battle cry. We can always, always seek him out to experience more. There is always more. That's what's incredible about following Jesus. There is always more, more freedom, more love, more transformation, more of everything that we read about in the scriptures. Paul says it this way. He says, I want to know the power of the resurrection. I'm not done. I want to know the power of the resurrection in my life. Paul is saying, I want to seek it. I want to experience it. Why? Because there is always more. Christ is risen. We're on mission, experiencing more and more of him. Have you ever felt powerless? Like your life is out of control? Breaking addiction, saving a relationship, getting out of debt, whatever it is. Christ is risen, reminds us there is a mission to be had. Things can change. So as we advance the kingdom of God in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Christ is risen, is relevant to us. It's relevant to us this morning. It reminds us that it's true, that there's always hope and we have a mission. Jesus's words are true. We can have a relationship with a risen, living God in Christ. So to those this morning who are looking for purpose and direction, he says, and his words are true. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And to those who are bored, 
and looking for something more in this life, he says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. To the tired and the stressed out, he says, come to me, all of you who are weary, and I will give you rest. To those who feel imprisoned by habits and addiction, he says, if the son of God sets you free, you are free indeed. To those who have experienced unimaginable pain and heartache, he says, I have come to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the oppressed free. Let's stand. God, we thank you for churches all around the world that today are saying Christ is risen. And we pray for that truth in our life. We pray for that to remind us of all those things, Lord, that we would be empowered, that we would be changed. Come, Holy Spirit, this morning and do that in us.